I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, my sweet little lambs out there. I have an incredible super deluxe ultra treat for you this week. I'm in the middle of my current tour and I have a stop over here in London. So I went to have tea and cake in person with one of my all time favorite beautiful creatures and premier citizen of Earth, Miss Linda Thompson. She is an icon in the world of folk rock music and has been making music since at least the year that I was born, which was 1968. For those of you that don't know, Linda was key to the 1960s British folk rock movement. She worked with a folk supergroup, Fairport Convention, and was married to its guitarist, Richard Thompson, for 10 years. They released a series of acclaimed albums together, which you should all definitely go immediately out and listen to. But their career was suspended for several years when Richard decided they should convert to Sufism and join a commune. They eventually returned to recording, and their fame continued to grow until they separated in the early 1980s. Linda developed a rare voice condition, which is called dysphonia, and you'll hear that as our conversation goes on, and she's only been able to record sporadically since. John, darling, would you like to sit there or there? Do you want to be close to the cake or the sandwiches? The sandwiches. OK. I haven't, I haven't had anything to eat today. I'm so happy. It's nothing special, but it is it is. Food. It is for me, because you have my favourite there. What? Cheese and onion. My favourite sandwich. That's my favourite sandwich. Mine too. Separated at birth. Yeah. And they don't do it in America, right? No. They're idiots. I, I came over here in, two, in like 1997 for the first time. I went to Tesco and got a cheese and onion sandwich. You nearly died. I nearly died. I thought, I've come home. That's it. Get it down, you boy. Yeah. Mm. Get it down, you. Mm. Oh, do you want sugar? You should never have to do a damn thing if you don't want to. I am congenitally lazy. Really? Yeah. I never Another used to Another thing we have in common. <laughs> I mean, I like, basically, to be in bed reading, listening to music, or having a Mars bar ice cream with a little ice bucket near the bed mm-hmm. with Mars bar ice creams in them. My ex-husband used to call me... Fotherington Thomas, who is a, a character in the Billy Bunter books, and he walks around, this little kid, going, hello, birds, hello, trees, hello, sky. <laughs> and Richard used to go, here comes fucking Fotherington Thomas. Hello, guys. 
Oh. It's funny, you know, because I've been asked several times how Linda and I met, and I couldn't remember for a while because so many things are happening all the time. I'm out on tour, you know, meeting thousands of people all the time, and I tend to forget things. And I sort of feel like she and I have known each other since I was a child. But she recently reminded me how we met, and it was I was doing a talk. My friend Pamela said to me, you have to come and see John talk. I said, I don't want to. I go in here and sing. I don't need I've to. I've heard people talk before. I, I've heard people <laughs> talk before. I know what it's like. And it was... <laughs> and it was such a mesmerising talk. And then mm. afterwards, I fell into your arms and, uh, you know, fell in love, obviously. Um, and, uh, and, uh, and... And likewise. <laughs> and scribbled down words, but... Well, you know, I listened to a song today of yours that I hadn't listened to before, and I listened to it because it was made the year that I was born. And I think it was one of the first things that you did. It's called, um, You Ain't Going Nowhere. You absolute idiot! Why did you listen to that? It's well, I terrible. Loved, I loved oh, you it. you are so sweet. I mean, I absolutely loved the it. The year you were born. I mean, you are like a fine motherfucking Bordeaux or Burgundy. Oh, good. The terroir, you know? <laughs> Ooh. As you, as you age, you just keep getting more and more beautiful. It's true. And your voice, I want to talk about your voice because it's so yeah, beautiful. We should. We should talk about voice and lack thereof. Yeah. yeah. There's a metamorphosis taking place well, of yeah. sorts. And, I'm, and I imagine that it must be fucking... I'd like to know if it, it, if it drives you insane because... Things are different now than they were. Your voice is changing. You've got something going on with your voice that makes it so that... I mean, can you describe it? Yeah. Would you mind? Yeah, not at all. Um, when I was first diagnosed, it was called hysterical dysphonia. Now, you know where the word hysterical comes from, right? I'm not sure. Hyster is Greek for womb. So it means only women can be hysterical. Right which is a fucking shit show from the get-go. Right. And that just worried me. I thought, hysterical, that means it's only women. It means it's all in my head. Then about 10 years later, they discovered it's kind of Parkinsonian. It's neurological. And the brain sends a message to the throat that you're in danger when you use your throat. Mm. And of course, it's all to do with my background in singing and 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 living in a Sufi commune with a load of, you know, crazy people. Um, mm. So anything to do with the voice, my brain goes, alarm, 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 alarm. It affects singers a lot, a lot more than I thought. Wow. Uh, and men too. Uh, so that happens, it's progressive, there's no cure, but it doesn't kill you. It's not like cancer or anything. But for a singer, obviously, it's a kind of death. Uh, but I think if I hadn't had it, I never would have written a song, because I didn't want to write songs. I had people write songs for me, right. specifically my ex. We'd sometimes write together, but yeah. mostly, you know, he did it. Um, so, so there was that, and, and I mean, I know it's a quite a rare thing, but I know a lot of people who have it because there's a, you know, dystonia society. And I have tremors too, but I take mm. something to stop the tremors. Uh, but there's nothing much they can do 
about the voice. But listen, I'm just, I'm so proud of myself that I'm doing this with you because I'm so frightened to do things mm. like this. Um, but Me too, by the way. Uh, he said with Victoria Sponge in his <laughs> gullet, well, sliding see, down his gullet. that helps if you eat it, it helps. <laughs> Do you mind if I tell, I want to tell everybody what you, one of the incredible things you've done, which is, you know, you've got this thing going on with your voice that makes it so that you can't sing, this dysphonia, and then you did the most incredible thing. You wrote songs for people and had them sing them. Yes, I did. Are you included? And yours, you did, and you did, and it's one of- the best one. Well, it's one of the greatest gifts I've ever received. It's one of the highlights of my entire life. I'm not exaggerating or being a- Well, for me too, but yeah. yeah, I've done it and Teddy's producing and we've both lost interest. I have to tell you, which, you know, which happens where I'm not good at seeing things through. Are you? Yes, mm. because even in your downtime, you're doing stuff like this. I'd be like sleeping. Mm. I have people that kick me, you know. When I listen to you, I think this person was paying attention in 1968. <laughs> That's what I think. It's, it's funny, I, I can't remember it so much, and I've always, as you and I know, in English, amateur is a pejorative term. Mm -hmm. But of course it means love and work. Yes. So I... I just learned that like three days ago, by the way. Are you kidding? No. So it, or that's all it means. It's love a beautiful word. Work. So I've never, and this this is the truth. It sounds odd. I've never worked for money. I've only ever made money on other things, and I've never, and and it all, we we just sort of did it for fun. There was no, there wasn't so much business involved then, yeah. and I did feel like an amateur mm. because I, you know, I didn't feel as professional as my ex-husband or all the people in the the band that would say let's chat, and I'd say yeah. let's not. Um, <laughs> you and I are kindred spirits because you're describing, the show. you're describing me. Let's as well. save it for the show. Let's rehearse. No, let's yeah. not. Um, so <laughs> I like them. Um, I think music should be on a need to know basis. You know, you should just. That's very good. You should be able to, it's like the CIA. You should just be able to, you know, if you've rehearsed it 4,000 times, what have you got left? Yeah. And, it's there's true. All, and there's all these singers that sing it the same. Yeah every night. Yeah. That's why I could never mime. Can you mime? I can't no. mime because I sing it different every time. So I yeah. absolutely can't mime. And, and that don't even make no sense to me neither. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I guess if, if, the, if, the, if the number's right, I'll mime something, but yeah. you're not gonna like it. I, <laughs> I think I'm gonna just skip to the cake. Yeah, 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 smart. I go, so I go up to Barrowlands. So for all you sweet lambs out there listening today, the Barrowlands is a legendary venue in Glasgow. I've been trying to play there for 20 fucking years. You've never played there I've before. never played Barrowlands, and it's, it's a travesty. All I ever hear about is Barrowlands this, Barrowlands that. And I Fantastic was supposed to play there 20 years ago with David Gray. He, was, he chose us, my old band, the Czars, to open up for him, oh, wow. which he regretted immediately after seeing us actually perform. And we were supposed to play at the Barrowlands, and it was canceled because he was sick that night. So we walked into wow. the place, saw the place, and they, you know, then, then they were like the rug, you know. It's been going for so long, <laughs> and it used to be so dangerous. Yeah. 
But it's, it's all cleaned up now, I guess. But boy, did I get the welcome of a lifetime because there was a woman there named Rochelle who apparently is a big fan, and because of what she does for a living, she's a promoter, and every time I'm in town, she's putting on a show somewhere else. So this time, she was there, and she made me fresh homemade shortbread. Ah! And I swear to you, on whatever I have to swear on, that means something to someone, that never in my life have I tasted shortbread that delicious. Did it melt? It melted. It was thick yeah, and huge, just and yeah. just dissolved into it. nothing. It was as light as a feather. But I'm glad you love Parrotland. Scottish audiences. I mean, seriously, Scottish and... and Newcastle audiences. <sighs> Irish audiences. Yeah. Who else? But that's a tricky one because you're in Gateshead and they force you to say that there. They, you know, there's a, it's a hostage situation where you have to say the word Gateshead, otherwise you're, you know, shown from the premises. Oh, yes, that's right. You can't say Newcastle. And they have it written on the door before you walk on stage. You are in Gateshead, motherfucker. That know? is too funny. Yeah, isn't that amazing? That's too funny. What's fantastic about Newcastle is the same as Glasgow. They all fucking hate each other. Glasgow and Edinburgh, they hate yes, each other. Yes. My brother lives in Glasgow and he's like, Edinburgh, terrible, terrible place. <laughs> terrible place. <laughs> and I go, no, it's not a terrible place. You went up there at the age of six, did you not? From mm. London. Five or six? Mm hmm. My mother was Glaswegian. May I put this here? You may do anything. Um, but I want to go perform in Bern. I hear Bern is is exquisitely Bern beautiful. Bern is nice. I don't. You know, Swiss audiences. They're they're so they're, 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 they're really. They're yeah. a bit, they sort of go like. That. Then at the end, they go quite mad. But yeah. during the set, you yes. think, I don't think they like this. Last time I played a festival in Switzerland, they were literally all eating muesli. And I said, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. They should be taking drugs and lying in the gutter. No, muesli. Yeah. Acid was created in a lab in either Switzerland or Austria. Oh, it could be thing, Austria. All the drugs are created in Switzerland, but they're not daft. They don't take them. Yeah. They export them. <laughs> exactly. They're not stupid. <laughs> they, so they, they export them to Michigan. <laughs> Oh, my God. Wherever, yeah. you know. Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Is that bad, Las Vegas? I do love it, but I love it for I, I different love it reasons. I yeah. Nobody will go with me. I'll go with you. Oh, thank you. I went to the opening night of Celine Dion, um, and I just had to go because she she does have a kind of otherworldly voice, doesn't she? It's otherworldly. Oh, yeah. There's no so question. they have these screens all over, showing the audience, yeah. and the screens are going round, and I thought, oh, look at that archetypal Las Vegas woman, fat, stuffing popcorn in her mouth with shorts on. It was me. <laughs> 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 Looking out there thinking, oh, that is tragic. And wait! On the it's jumbotron? <laughs> on the jumbotrons. And then she did the set and it was, you know, interesting and blah, blah, blah. But she sang one good song and it was a Canadian folk song that she sang in French. And after two bars, the whole room went frozen. She lost everybody. Really? They just, yeah, they, she lost everybody because first of all, it was in French. Yeah. Second of all, it was a good song. It was a folk song. <laughs> everybody, I've never seen a room go so cold. So she quickly wrapped that up and said, you know, Titanic, whatever it is, you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. I will go on. She went straight into that. I, I agree with you about her. Uh, there's a book that I want to give to you that's 
Do you, do you know this little series that's called 33 and a Third? And each one of them, it's a little tiny little book, and each one of them is about the making of a specific record. No. You're going to love this, because there's one about Celine Dion, written by somebody that hates her, talking about what taste means. And if he has a right to have this opinion. Well, that was my, that yeah. was my premise, exactly. Yes. I yes. didn't like her. And people said, hang on a second, you yeah. don't like her that much. You're going from Earl's Court to Vegas to see the show? I said, oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> of course I am. You know, I'm very fascinated by sincerity because I, I don't really have it very much. So I'm, hmm. well... That surprises me you would say that because I, I feel extreme sincerity no, coming from I, you. Well, maybe on certain... I'm not trying to, trying to backtrack now. Maybe in certain things I'm saying... But that sort of sincerity on stage... Yeah. I'm always thinking, when is the curry? When are we getting the curry? Will that be... In three songs or four exactly. songs? Uh, well, I try not to think like that. But I love sincerity. So I love the fact that she so patently believes everything. She believes everything. You know, she's sort of... I love the fact that she's making $8 million a minute. That's the most extraordinary thing. It's amazing. And she does... She doesn't it's... spend any of it on cake. I can tell you that for nothing. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Didn't we have a conversation in Spanish last time we met? And your Spanish was very different from mine. Yeah. Isn't your Spanish Catalan? Mm, not according to the people in Spain. They laugh at me and say, oh, my God, you're a peasant from Mexico. When, whenever I talk to somebody from Mexico, they say, oh, you learned your Spanish in Spain. So neither of them will have me. I've been, you know, banished to South America. It's kind of like oh. Paris, where you speak to them in French and they go, quoi? 
<laughs> and you know perfectly well they understand what you're saying, but they will not speak to you in French. Yeah, yeah. They will not speak to you in French. I bet they'll speak to you in French. Well, I don't know. Because your French that. is great. My French is good. I bet it's not as good as yours, though. This is the thing that worries me. It keeps me up at night. I would, re I would be really great at French, and I would speak it well if I would go there. And I'm trying to figure out a time to go and spend a month there. You don't want to do that together, do you? Yeah. And just, and just, um, just, let, uh, just do French every day? Like a, uh, a, in fact, a friend of mine emailed me today, and I said, are you still in your flat in Antibes? Yeah. Antibes is lovely. I love Antibes. I've he said, I've got there. two flats now. So he said, one of them I rent out. So... We should do that. We could repair to Lugano. It's funny because, you know, like when I went to Lugano the first time, I was like, you've got to be shitting me. People live like this? <laughs> this, people are, you, you know, it's like, it looks like a painting. Yeah, it does. And, and, then, and, then, I, and then going to Kiev for the first time and thinking, holy shit, people live like this? <laughs> it, didn't, it looked like a different type of painting, maybe some modern expressionism the thing or about, Pollock, you the know? The thing about Switzerland, after six months, you die of boredom. Yeah, that's what that's what they say you just too. Just pass away. And Even one they day say they that. find you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with a cuckoo clock on your lap, <laughs> and you've died because it's so boring. Yeah, that's what they say. Yeah, grammar is my favorite thing. So when I when I went to Kiev. I was just this American boy who was just starting to get used to the German system, and I was not prepared. I mean, my sister and I have discovered that we were not prepared for anything, literally nothing. But you out obviously in the world. were, because you you learned all these languages. Now, I, mean, I was too ignorant to stay home. You know, I was too ignorant to know not to go out there. So that yeah, but if we're talking about grammar, is there any grammar more difficult than German grammar? Yes, so much more difficult. Who? Finnish. Fifteen cases. I'm not talking about languages nobody ever speaks. <laughs> you're not talking about all the dead... You're not talking about the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? <laughs> well, Icelandic is, has proven to be the humbling of a lifetime. The hobbling... The mental hobbling and humbling What's of a lifetime. It like? Is it like anything? It is. It's Germanic. It's, it's, it's so Germanic that it makes you think that your German must be able to help you. But it doesn't. But it just, it, it doesn't really. I mean, because... Fiendish. You know, fiendish. it's fiendish. Because you have, for example, the word, the, the thing that really fucks you up. And it's like, you know, trying to learn Bulgarian. I thought I was going to learn Bulgarian when I was young. You know, and, and my Russian teacher was like, no, you're not. Too hard? No, it's, it's the stress. The words are all practically the same, but the stress is different on each one of them. So, Like Mandarin. Yeah, so, well, different, no? because in Mandarin you have the tonal problem. Oh, the tonal The tones. Problem. Yes. And in, so in Mandarin you have apparently four or five tones, tone levels, and then in Cantonese they have eight or nine tones. And we don't, luckily, we don't have to fight with that problem, but you and I would be fine because we have this musical ear that we can use to, which helps us. We it have does that built help in. Us, except my accent on things is quite good, so people assume yes. that after my first two sentences in Dutch that I can talk to them, yeah. but I can't. No, it just gets you into trouble, right? Just, all they I just... can say is, can I have a cream cake? Ooh. And thank you. So the most important things. So, you know, I've got my priorities straighter, <laughs> exactly. at least. Or do you have your Amex with you, darling? <laughs> <laughs>
When I met you, I, I fell into your arms as well. We fell into each other's arms because I wanted to thank you for Teddy. Teddy Thompson, owner of the best name and voice for that matter, and personality, is Linda's son and a phenomenal musician who's been opening for me on tour. And I wanted to meet, you know, I was like, got to meet the, the woman who <laughs> produced this, you know. He was telling me about his tragic childhood, which I have to hear all the time and go, <laughs> I'm so sorry, darling. I'm really, really sorry. He goes, no, 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 it's okay. But then you went to Cairo for two months. And, oh, I'm so sorry, sweetheart. People do seem to escape to Cairo quite often. I wonder, does Fantastic it work? Fantastic town. Is it? Fantastic. Only better by Istanbul. Istanbul is a fantastic town to wow. escape to because you've got Europe here, yeah. you've got Asia, a boat ride away, right. and you can just take a felucca and go back and forth. Chinese, Arab, Chinese, you know, the whole yeah. juxtaposition is is fantastic. And the food's off the hook Off Turkey. the Well, I was going to say that, but I, I didn't like to be too greedy. Food's well, off the I hook. mean, come on, you know. And I'm really into the hairy men, too, so, I mean, Turkey's a no-brainer for oh, me. Oh, my God, those guys... Ridiculous. The eyebrows. You've got the Colin Farrells going on They've here. They've got the whole the, you know, <laughs> Who's that? Like? They've got the Frida Kahlo thing going yeah, on. Very, yeah. very, very yeah. nice. You Sign do, me up. You do get food poisoning, but never mind. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we've been through that. Istanbul. We have fantastic. the intestinal fortitude for Istanbul. Boy, <laughs> I've got intestinal. I when, I when I'm in India, I eat on the streets, and I actually have people shouting out of taxis going by, don't eat on the streets, you'll die. And I'm like shoveling chapatis into my mouth. <laughs> I come back from injury and people say, you've put on weight? <laughs> How did you do that? People get dysentery in India. They exactly. come back looking as if they're about to die. I go, really? I feel just fine. Intestinal fortitude. <laughs> Intestinal fortitude. I wrote a lyric about you today, actually. What? Yeah. I'm going to die happy On the way in my here. sleep tonight. On the way here. It, it goes, um, I don't know where you've been or how I got here, but I'm glad we did. I, it encapsulates everything. <laughs> I don't know you where don't you've been anymore. or how I got here. You don't need to write anymore. But I'm glad we did. You could have put Victoria Sponge in there somewhere, well, but uh, never, there's still time. I mean, there's going to be three or four. There's verses. still time. There's exactly. still time. You know. But I mean, isn't that? A, I mean, I, I seriously, I don't know where the fuck you've been. You've been everywhere, and you've you've you know you've done all these incredible things, and you're you know when you get faced with this thing with your voice, you know like you're you do that thing that you learned, which is getting on with it. You're like, well, why shouldn't I lose my voice or why shouldn't I have, you know, this dysphonia or whatever. I mean, that's when I go to the doctor, you know, when somebody tells, or when they told me that I had HIV, it was like, yeah, well, of course I do. Because, yeah. because you never gave a shit about yourself enough to avoid yeah. getting into this situation, yeah. which you easily could have avoided yeah. if you had had a chance at yeah. giving a fuck about yourself. Yeah. But you didn't, and so of course you're getting this diagnosis. And so it was the time where I was like, no, you're not gonna go try and get attention from mommy now, or daddy. My mom was dead already by that time, but you know, it's like, no, this is the time where we start, I'm being given a chance to take responsibility for myself. Exactly, and there's a certain, I believe, there's a certain type of person who gets an unseen illness. You know, there's a certain, all my most interesting friends aren't ill that you can see. Yeah.
but they're ill. They're, yeah. they're sick in some way. Right. Um, and and it's and it's interesting how that happens because you have to sort of keep it to yourself because it's not like you're walking around, you know, like well, actually, I'm walking around like this. <laughs> um, completely crippled. See, love. if I had done what you just did, I'd have thrown my back out. So that's just impressive. You and I have something very special. I didn't need to go and read your biography because I fell in love with you just by seeing how you are in front of me. You know what I mean? I got lucky because I, it, would be easy to be, it would be easy for somebody like me to feel intimidated by somebody like you. But I've never felt that with you. Now, and that's a gift. You? So mm. how long are you here for? I'm here for a week. Oh, you're not going to go back to Reykjavik or anything? No. It's not worth it. And you're... Uh, Teddy, who did you want me to get in touch with that I've forgotten? Beverly D'Angelo. She fucking hasn't emailed me back, yeah. but that's okay. I mean, it's she okay. often doesn't do that. Yeah. But if you come to L.A., you'll meet her. Yeah. We'll just go to her house. I want to go to L.A. with you. But she's great. You would love her. No you, question. And she's a she's another one. I, I said to her, I'm such an admirer of your work, and she goes, why? She thinks she's rubbish. Yeah, I believe it. She just thinks she's rubbish, and she's so good. She's so good. I mean, and then and she's also she was also in the pterodactyl woman of Beverly Hills. Yes, I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't think anyone did, uh, but it's certainly on my list of things to, to worship. I mean, you should see her in the getup, in the pterodactyl <laughs> outfit. It's incredible. But her her turn. The reason that I had asked Linda, I am now speaking to Pez and Rachel, um, who are helping us here, um, was because she she's in my favorite, my personal favorite version of. A streetcar Named Desire, which was on television in the 80s. Actually, you're right. That was fantastic. It was really good. Was and I'm fantastic. a big Treat Williams fan. And, I love and that, Treat Williams. Me too. I mean, he's a... He's a he's, is Treat Williams still alive? Yes. Is he, what, 180? My I don't age? know, but he looks great. I'd still hit that, for sure. <laughs> like, straight you up. Can't, you can't be his old man, because what you don't know, and I'll tell you now, because yeah, yeah. I live with an old man, um, <laughs> your scrotum gets huge... And and the penis shrinks right. and and uh, yeah and women are worse you know more to look forward to saggy and oh yeah. I'd still get up on that though <laughs> because you know because Treat was the Colin Farrell of his day Treat was he the was, Colin oh, Farrell I, are you into Colin Farrell now uh, I'm, oh. I've always been into Colin Farrell as soon as he showed up on the scene but it was because of Treat Williams it's the it's that those big beautiful bushy black eyebrows. And those classic good looks. I mean, it's Clark Gable. Have you Treat seen Williams. his new show? He's he's doing no, but I hear it's good. It's very. Is good. it North North something? It's something about a whaling ship. Yes. It's very good, and yes. he's so. When a film stars in a telly thing, yeah. the whole thing is elevated. He underplays beautifully because he's a cinematic actor. And he just, he throws his bits away in such a way that you can't look at anybody but him. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And he looks fantastic, completely grizzled and... I mean, He serious. looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it's like he was designed for me. Do you not drink bit. anymore? I don't drink, no. Oh, you don't drink? 17 years now. 17 years. That's yeah. what you're sober from. Not from... from well, know. sober from Coke and... Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and booze. And booze. I mean, Coke was a that was a that was a really quick downward, <laughs> very very steep slope for me. Really? I mean, yeah, it made me really horny, 
and suicidal. It does, yeah, yeah. Great combo. <laughs> Great combo. Great for getting you HIV. You have to make love yeah. to lemmings. <laughs> it's very, very difficult. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. But, um, yeah, I never, got, I never got hooked on Coke because um, I only, if somebody gave it to me, I'd take it. Yeah. I wasn't going to buy it. It was really expensive. Yeah. So I, just... I didn't want to buy it either. <laughs> I had a Coke dealer living with me who would steal my money and help me look for it. <laughs> I, you know something? I love that trick. Um, I steal my husband's disgusting old socks and underwear and chuck them out. Then I help him look for them. He goes, darling, <laughs> have you seen my underwear? And I go, no, but I'll help you look. <laughs> and he's coming, we're moving. And I said, I'll move you into the new flat. He said, absolutely not. I cannot trust you as he's like, far I'm as- He's like, I'm on you, lady. Linda, thank you so much for talking to me. I knew it was gonna be fun and it was. You thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew that I was going to be the only one who thought it was fun. For That's me, what I meant to say. it was a bit of a chore, <laughs> I have to say. Exactly. Yeah, so and thank you for the cheese and onion sandwiches, which you instinctively I just had, knew. had on hand. Yeah. And not everybody likes them because they go, I don't want a stink of onion. Why not? Yeah, but nobody's waiting you? for you at home, motherfucker. <laughs> or, as my hair colorist just said to me, I said, should I get my roots done? And he said, no, because the front's not bad. I said, but the back. He said, Linda, does anybody look at you when you walk away anymore? I said, no, actually, they don't. They said that? <laughs> my address. He is very funny. Amazing. Beautiful. Does anybody look at you when you walk away Beautiful anymore? gay guy. He said, does anybody look at you when you walk away? I said, Tony, that is a great point. <laughs> wow. The answer to that is nine. Sounds like my kind of guy. I hope that was as much of a joy for you beautiful creatures as it was for me. That's the last in my premiere podcast series. Uh, thank you for coming along for the ride with me. Watch this space for more podcast shenanigans, if you will, in the near future. Sound design is by Perrigan Andrews. Additional sound, John Pearson. My incredible manager is Fiona Glenn Jones, the double-barreled bitch of the North. And uh, from Storyglass, the executive producer is Alex Hollins. Head of production is Carrie Luter. And this was produced by uh, the wonderful Rachel Hooper. Walk on air for Storyglass. Could you please leave me the fuck alone now? Because very tired. 